Well, I'm grateful for a small gathering. Jesus said, where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I, there am I in the midst of them. And so we need to believe that today. You know, on the Mount of Transfiguration, there was Peter, James, and John, a small crowd. But they were with Jesus, and so Peter said, Lord, it is good for us to be here. And that's why I feel today, it's good for us to be here. So, um, welcome, thank you for being here, and good morning. We're going to open with a scripture this morning from the Gospel of John, it's John 14, 27. And it says this, I am leading you with a gift peace of mind and heart, and the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give, so don't be troubled or afraid. And that's going to be our theme for this morning as we, uh, as we move along here. I wanted to start with a uh, um, story where, uh, in, in my life where um, it came to pass one time when my daughter, uh, Jill, she was nine years old, and she had developed this this growth in her neck, and it was scary. It's like, what is that? And, and, and we didn't know, and it didn't go away. And so we had to take her to the doctor, of course, and she needed to have surgery. She was nine years old, surgery. And I thought, this is, this is terrible. And uh, people from the medical profession were telling me, you know what that looks like? That looks like Hodgkin's lymphoma. And I said, no, that, that's cancer. That, that, that can't be. And so very, I mean, we prayed, and it was, it was difficult. And so I came to a place where, for whatever reason, God started to bring me this peace. And I had this great peace about it. And it was supernatural. I didn't understand why I had this peace. And so after... Uh, as, as the days went along before the surgery, I was still being reminded by the world that this was a bad thing, that I better prepare myself for the worst. But I had this peace. And I, I, I remember our, our beloved deceased pastor, John Sparaza. And I went over to him and I says, John, because I respected him, I says, am I a fool that I feel this way and everybody else is thinking the sky's falling in, but I have this peace, am I, am I wrong? And he looked at me and he said, John, God is in control. And that's, I started to weep because he had told me the truth that God is in control. And when God is in control, all bets are off. You don't need to know anything else. And so I had that peace. And so we went to the, to the hospital for the surgery and they, my little girl's in this wheelchair and she's got this funny thing on her head and, you know, the, whatever. The, anyway, it was, it was difficult. But I had the peace. So she went for the surgery. And I remember Sally and I, my wife and I, on our knees in the waiting room, small little room, waiting for the doctor to come out or whatever. And the nurse came after they had taken the um, biopsy and taken the growth out of her. And, and she just, we looked up and she just said, like this. She gave me the thumbs up. And she was crying. The nurse was crying. Uh, we knew her. And so everything turned out great. She was healed. She never had lymphoma. She had a, hist uh, a cystic hygroma. I know you all know what that is, and you can you know, tell me later, because um, yeah, I need to know. 
But um, she was healed from this thing. Does it always play out this way? No. You have the same story in your life where it didn't play out that way, and, and I get that. But one thing that I do know is that God is faithful. God is in control. God is sovereign, and the future is God's secret. The future is God's business. So, anyway, I tell you that because I want you to be at peace. And the peace that you get only comes from God. The world cannot give you the peace that you may be looking for during this very difficult time uh, that we're going through right now. Well, Happy New Year, everybody. Or is it? Is it a Happy New Year? It seems every time we turn around, someone we know has contracted the coronavirus. Friends, loved ones, family, people we know and love are getting sick, being quarantined, hospitalized, put on ventilators, and dying. And this virus does not discriminate. It just comes to whom, whosoever will receive it, will, who will ever get it. And look at our own congregation, our, 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 our congregants and our leaders they are contracting the coronavirus. And that's a difficult thing. But again, God is sovereign in that. So we all have opinions as to how we should respond to the pandemic. Should we defy the governor's orders we disagree with? Do we all have to wear masks? Is social distancing a real thing? Do we really have to do that? Why are the gyms and restaurants closed? That's, that's, that's so ridiculous. Some of us have questions that have no clear-cut answers. When will this thing be over? How many times have you heard that? How many times have you said that? When will this thing be over? When is it my turn to get the vaccine? I want to know, I want to know that. When, when, when do I get the vaccine? Or, or should I get the vaccine? Or what happens after we get the vaccine in a couple of months, and you had it, and I didn't have it, are we going to have signs that say, oh, I'm not wearing a mask because I got the vaccine? Or if you have a mask, stay away from me. I didn't get the vaccine, and I'm not going to. I don't believe in that stuff. I think it's going to be kind of funny. I'm not sure how that's going to play out because we don't know. A lot of people pretend to know, but they don't know. So I think it's unwise to criticize those whose opinions about these questions uh, differ from our own. Arguing about what we should or shouldn't do is not helpful. In fact, it is divisive. It's polarizing. And you know who the author of division is? It's the enemy. It's Satan. His greatest, one of his greatest tools is divide and conquer. He would want to divide us right here in this place, with our own very strong opinions. And so we need to guard against that. Often we're quick to, to uh, oppose uh, what others decide to do and chastise them for their decisions. Really, we do that. We did that with the presidential election. I remember this brother that I had doesn't live in, in this area here, and I told him my opinion about the, the, the way the election played out. And I suggested that maybe we should move on. 
That's my opinion. And he skewered me. He said, oh, really? Well, guess what? You better, you better repent. And you better go home and you better start reading the scriptures. And I couldn't find anything about the president in the scriptures, not that I wanted to look. But this was, this was a polarizing thing. Because we, we depend on our own opinions. And we count them as, as gospel. But what, is, what, is, what did James tell us? He told us to be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. But unfortunately, there are reports of believers writing angry letters to their pastors, telling them they're going to leave the church if he doesn't change, because his views on the pandemic are wrong. And so they leave the church. Score one for the enemy. That's ridiculous, in my opinion. I'm persuaded that our strong opinions and lack of tolerance for differing points of view are the result of an underlying frustration about the whole COVID thing. We are powerless to stop its debilitating effects on our health and our well-being. And the truth is we are frustrated, we're anxious, we're worried, and we're fearful. All things that we shouldn't be. Be anxious for nothing. But we can't help it. This is not an easy place. We're not in an easy place. And so as believers, we have to be the strong ones. We have to lead here. We have to lead with compassion. We, not strong opinions. So we're living in a time when now more than ever, we must seek the answers to our confusion and fears. Let me submit to you that the answer lies in a conscious and deliberate embrace of our faith in our all-powerful God. Sounds very, very routine for, for Christians, doesn't it? But that will allay our fears. That will give us perspective if we trust the Lord and figure out where he's coming from and represent him honorably. It's time to allow him to have his way with us, to trust his promises, and to lean heavily on his word. So instead of blurting out our authoritative rhetoric to anyone who will listen to us, we should be humble and kind to those around us, to the ones who disagree with us, to the ones God has placed in our sphere of influence. We, we can never underestimate that. As believers, the Lord sends us people, especially hurting people. I've been counseling with a person on the phone all week with the same problem over and over and over again. And you know what? I'm, I'm getting tired of it. I am. I'm sorry. It's the same conversation every day. It's the same, it's the same um, thing that I say to this person. In a counseling fashion. But she needs that. She is full of fear. You know, I, I, I shared this at men's. I, I actually talked to this person on the phone. I, I spoke to Elder Mike Baldwin about it because uh, for him, I believe this is his ministry. But I prayed with this woman on the phone. She thought she was going to die. I think I'm going to die. I'm so afraid. I'm so scared. 
And I said, well, that's a lie of the enemy. You're not going to die. You might die tomorrow, but so might I. You know, I mean, I can't guarantee, but you're not going to die. And so, she, so I said, well, let me pray for you. And I was almost too casual in my prayer because I said, Lord, I say the way, the way I pray all the time when um, I'm trying to, um, uh, you know, dispel any kind of oppression from the enemy. And so I prayed, you know, Satan, you have no place here. You leave here right now in Jesus' name. And all of a sudden the phone started, you know, clapping around. I'm thinking, whoa, what's going on? And, she, and, and she, she was slapping the phone against her. She says, I'm having a manifestation. I'm having a manifestation. And I'm like, okay, what does that mean? And, I, and, and, and we cast out the demon. We cast out the spirit of fear. She said that to me. She said, oh, it was fear. And, and, now, and, and now it's gone. And I thought, why am I surprised? In my name, you will cast out devils. I had, listen, I've been doing this a long time, okay? I've been a Christian for, what, 48 years? I don't want to meddle for that, but the deal is, the confession is, I never cast any, a devil out of anybody. Just never did that, so it was weird. And we did it on the phone. Isn't God great? We did this over the phone. So I thought it was just really cool that God showed up. The world could not give her that peace, but Jesus can, see? And if we're looking for the peace anywhere outside of our Lord Jesus, we're making a mistake. We're, 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 we've got it backwards, okay? We need to go to him first. Here's where we can start. In the Gospel of John 16, 33, 31 to 33. I'm going to read this for you. Jesus asked, do you finally believe? But the time is coming, indeed it is here now, when you will be scattered, each one going his own way, leaving me alone. And we are scattered today, aren't we? Look around you. We're, pretty, we're scattered. But Jesus says to, to us to, 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 you know, that we've left him alone. Because we, we're looking for other solutions. See, see at a time like this, and, and it, it, you know, it might get worse than this, we need to cling to Christ. He is our source. And I think that this is, this is Christianity 101, but I'm telling you that God told me to tell you that. Because he told that to me. Yet I am not alone because the Father is with me. I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Peace in me. Here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows. But take good heart. I have overcome the world. There is nothing in the world that surprises or threatens God. Nothing. He has overcome the world, and he has made us overcomers. Jesus is greater than any difficulty, uh, difficult circumstance and adverse situation, calamity, or any pandemic. Simply put, Jesus is faithful. Jesus is sovereign. Jesus is in control, and the future is his secret. The future is his business. So when we hear statements like, 
like I heard early on, oh, this ought to all be done by April 8th. April 8th, whoa. Oh, yeah, we're going to all get back to, to work, and everybody's gonna, everything's going to be good. And then it was like, well, you know, <laughs> this thing might take a month. And here we are. Here we are. Twelve, Ten months later. And we're still in the same place we were as, as before. And, we're, and some of us are, are, are fearful. It's not a good place to be, but God is in control. We need to embrace that. We need to jump into that with both feet. God is in control. So only when we embrace the truth of his, his proclamation that he has overcome the world and indeed has made us also to be overcomers by his grace and mercy is he able to use us for his glory in the midst of the storms of this life. Ladies and gentlemen, we need to be the standard bearers. We can't be following the crowd and, and murmuring. Oh, yeah, I know. This sucks, doesn't it? This is terrible. Oh, when is this going to be over? And we join that chorus. And it's, it's, why do we need to be there? We have to lead. We have to be the ones that are faithful. We have to be the ones that know where we stand in Christ and be able to share that with a hurting, fearful world. We're the ones. So if we're afraid, don't be afraid. You know, uh, the, the Bible gives us uh, so many scriptures about how we shouldn't be afraid. Fear not, fear not, fear not. So only then will we be able to understand and obey what Peter wrote on his, um, uh, to his persecuted friends there in Asia Minor. People scattered all over the place. People scared all over the place. And he writes them this letter. And if you, if you haven't really studied 1 Peter, go ahead. It's a treat. Go ahead. You'll be blessed. So in 1 Peter 3, 8 through 9, it says this. Finally, all of you should be of one mind. All of you should be of one mind. Sympathize with each other. Love each other as brothers and sisters. Don't be polarized. Don't dislike someone because they have a different opinion than you do. Join them, pray with them, lift them up, be one with them in Christ. Be tender-hearted and keep humble, keep humble, keep a humble attitude. Don't repay evil for evil. Don't retaliate with insults when people insult you. Instead, pay them back with a blessing. That is what God has called you and I to do, and he will grant you his blessing. So it's, like I said, it's time to stop joining in with the chorus of boos. Oh, no, that's no, this is so bad. Everything is really so bad. There are people that are genuinely frightened. There are people with, with their loved ones in the hospital, and they're frightened, and that's legitimate. That's, but but we, can, we can lift them up. We can, we can stand alongside of them. We can tell them Jesus loves them. We can minister to them. We can lead them to the Lord in, their, in, in, in that place. So it's time to stop joining in with the chorus of murmuring. We talked about that and complaining about how bad things are and how we can't wait for this thing to be over, done with, and how... 
We are sick and tired of these stupid masks and this social distancing. And this, I can't go to lunch, can't go to breakfast, can't do nothing, you know, can't, can't, can't. And the Lord has us here. It's like manna in the wilderness. It's a wilderness. But God's provision is there for us. So you and I must worship Christ as Lord of our life. And if someone asks about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it. But do this in a gentle and respectful way. That's First Peter 15. A gentle and respectful way. And always remember that God is in control. God is sovereign. God is faithful. And the future is God's secret. Amen.